the Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready? Ready. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome into the Action Network podcast. We are presented by BetMGM, the king of sports books. I'm your host, Brendan Glasheen. Today's episode, NFL Week 7 Best Bets. Our normal rotating hosts uh, are joining us. Brandon Anderson, Luke Swain, a.k.a. Vegas Refund, and our rotating third chair this week is being held down by Grant Niefer, who joins the show. Uh, We've got best bets coming momentarily, uh, folks. want to remind all of you that, of course, we have our NFL coverage on the Action Network podcast. Reminder, hockey betting season has already begun, and the NBA regular season is about to tip off the Action Network has you covered with NHL and NBA betting podcasts, Line Change, and Buckets. Both have new episodes out every week, all season long. So if you want to bet pucks or hoops in the months ahead, check out Line Change and Buckets wherever you listen to your podcasts. We went 5-4 and four in week six, so we're crawling our way back to a 500 mark. When you include the look ahead lines, we are 28-31 and 31 for the season. You can find Brandon, Grant, and Luke individually in the Action Network app, the free-to-download award-winning Action Network app if they add anything else, which I'm sure they will. But we're interested in the best bets for Week 7. Brandon, why don't you kick us off? What do you got for your first one? Boy, I got to say, gross, ugly slate this week. Be careful Mm -hmm. out there. I had to get creative with some picks today. So I'm going to start out with a big favorite, a division favorite. Not really a sort of pick I would normally do, but give me the Seahawks minus seven and a half at home against the Cardinals. To me, this is just a read on. I don't think the market has caught up to how good Seattle has been. And honestly, I don't think they've caught up to how much Arizona has faded after that start. So Arizona, they look good early, right? We didn't expect them to. We thought Arizona maybe would go 0-17. Like every year we do this. Who's the worst team in football? They got the least talent of everyone. And then they're pretty good against the Giants and the Commanders. And then they beat the Cowboys, which... By the way, theory I've heard floated out there. Who's the coach of the Cardinals? Jonathan Gannon. What division did he come from last year? Hey, look who all the teams were that he was pretty good against. The, the Giants, the Commanders, the Cowboys. They left the division. What happened since then? After that Cowboys win, when we all were like, oh, okay, I guess maybe the Cardinals are okay. <clears throat> nope. Three straight losses by 14 or more. That offense that was looking pretty good has been just getting a little bit worse each week. Defense was never good to start with. They're second to last in DVOA. James Conner missing on offense, I think, has been big, too. So I think Arizona is back to really being what they were all along. They're just not a very good team. Seattle has been pretty good. They're top 10 or so offensively on both running and passing. I think they can kind of have their way with this bad Cardinals defense. And I'm not sure if I totally believe it yet, but Seattle's defense is looking pretty good lately. Last three weeks, small sample. But Seattle is number one in EPA per play defensively. Cardinals, by the way, are 32nd. So that is as opposite as you get. Seattle, I think, has been a little unlucky. They should have beaten Cincinnati last week, and they just kind of blew some chances in the red zone. They've been bottom five in the red zone. They're bottom five on third down defensively. 
Those are numbers that tend to be not sticky, kind of even out over time. So that's another hint that maybe this team is a little better than they've looked. So I like the Seahawks. They beat Carolina by double digits. They beat the Giants by double digits. This line is exactly what it was before the season. And I don't think it should be. I think Seattle's better than we thought. I think the Cardinals are maybe a little worse than we thought. So give me Seattle minus seven and a half. It's my favorite teaser spot of the week also, down to a one and a half. If you want to tease them, I like Niners or Bills here, but I'll just take Seattle outright minus seven and a half. It reeks of a bounce back spot for them on a lot of fronts. They're a little banged up offensively, but a get right position, no matter who's out there personnel wise to uh, get back on the right track offensively. Luke, what's your first pick for the best bets episode week seven? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Seahawks as well, minus seven and a half. And for a lot of the same reasons Brandon did, which... Dobbs is they're just coming back down to earth the first three weeks Dobbs is I think number 19 in success rate in the last three weeks he's been number 29 uh, the Cardinals defense is just ravaged right now their only corner that ranks above 45 by PFF right now um, is questionable and if he doesn't go which it's a 50-50 shot we're looking at a secondary that if I listed their names you would not ever hear about them and if they weren't playing this week you probably never would uh, so it, it's just and Seattle should have won last week. They averaged 5.4 yards per play, and since he averaged four, um, they just got pretty unlucky. And now they're getting a Cardinals team that is definitely trending in the wrong direction. Uh, Seattle's defense started off pretty bad, but with Witherspoon and now Jamal Adams, yep. they are ranked number one, and they're ranked number one against the run as well. And if you're telling me that without James Conner, this team has scored 15 points in the last seven quarters. So you don't have James Conner. You're going against the number one run D currently. And you're telling me Josh Dobbs, who is regressing to what he's always been, has to beat me uh, by seven and a half points. Like, I think this should be more like nine, maybe higher. Mm. But I will take the Seahawks all day, even though it is division, bounce back. Uh, Seattle's offense is just as good. Like, they're number two in success rate on early downs. And the Cardinals are number 30. If you look at the two teams the Cardinals have faced on early down success that are top half of the league, it is the Niners and the Bengals, and both of them stomped them out. So um, I will go with Seattle minus seven and a half. Any chance? I mean, of course, we're recording on a Thursday. You'd want to get this sooner rather than later, right? I would imagine. Is the chance this gets to eight, eight and a half, possibly? Yeah, I mean, it is somewhat of a dead zone. Um, yep. I would say. I don't know who'd be betting the Cardinals plus seven and a half. If they are, there's probably something worth noting, like injury type stuff. But I mean, I, this isn't going to go down to the 10 range. I don't know, unless there's like something crazy where if like Dobbs is out, like how much is he even worth at this point? So I don't think this gets to minus seven, right? So I don't know that you need to wait right. on Seattle. If anything, right. I think it's going to move up. So if you like Seattle, I think you just grab it now. Yeah. And I would, especially if you're doing with a teaser, I would just grab it now. Yeah. Good point. Also, the Kyler Murray back at practice, but looks like they're going to rev him up, give it a couple weeks to get Murray ready to go. Uh, so who knows what kind of pressure, you know, just from a narrative standpoint, what kind of pressure that puts on Josh Dobbs to knowing he's got Kyler uh, coming up in the wings here. Grant, we haven't heard from you yet. Welcome back to the pod. What do you got for your first pick? Week seven, best bets. So my first pick is going to be Cleveland Indy. I'm taking the under of 41. To me, this line is just too high. I mean, we look at what Cleveland's done all season. They have been just outstanding on the defensive end and kind of inept on the offensive end. Cleveland hasn't allowed much more than 200 yards to pretty much any team 
this season. I know they did, gave up 215 last week to the Niners and gave up two, over 200 not too long ago to another team, but they're sitting at 200 yards allowed per game this season. They have not hit the over at this number in any game this season outside of Pittsburgh where there was a pick six there and a fumble return for a touchdown. So realistically, they've given up 17, 28, 3, 26 with two defensive touchdowns and three points to opposing teams so far this season. P.J. Walker, decent chance he ends up starting this week. I don't know if it's going to be him or Watson. I still like this line regardless, but if it is Walker, then most likely this line is going to move down one or two points, and I think it should move down more than that. Indy, a underrated defense. Minshew coming in, they're probably going to go at a little bit less pace. Currently, both these teams are sitting top five in terms of pace of play or top six, rather, in terms of plays per game so far this season. I expect that to downgrade with the different quarterbacks. Overall, this is just a spot where best defense in the league, underrated defense on the other side, two quarterbacks that aren't really NFL-caliber quarterbacks, or at least starting quarterbacks, and a spot where I could see this game, realistically, both teams ending up in single-digit points here. I don't understand why this line is so high. It started out 42 and a half. It's down to 41. I think it's going to move to maybe even three points by game time this weekend. So I'm rolling with the under here. I really like it. Just over a thousand yards allowed by the Browns through five games. That is the best uh, stretch in a five game sample through the first five games since 1971. It's a historically great defensive start here. Brandon, you gave this out as a hot read on Monday morning, Sunday night. At 42 and a half, would you like to echo any of the sentiments from Grant? Yeah, I'll, I'll honestly just echo all of it. You basically made the same case I did, Grant. So I'm with you step for step on this one. You got probably two backup quarterbacks here. Uh, yeah, defenses have the advantage both ways. Kevin Stefanski, when the total is under 44, unders in Stefanski games are 13 and 6, 68%. And also the last two seasons, Games that have a home underdog, unders are 61%, and this year that's been up to 68%. So even some trends that go the right direction, I just think this one's kind of ugly. And even even if one team does get going, we might still hit the under because the other one might not, and we might get like a 27-3 to or something like that, and we still get the under that way. So I definitely like this one. Deshaun Watson uh, slated to practice in some capacity on Thursday as we record on a Thursday. So just monitor that, I would imagine. Um, maybe if Watson plays, maybe it, may, it, might, it might not make a difference. It might already be baked in that Watson is not playing. If he is playing, maybe you get a better number to take the under if the market changes. The Action Network podcast is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Brandon, your second pick for Week 7. Yeah, I'm going to go to Florida, and I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Falcons, but just the first half. Give me the Bucs minus one just in the first half. And I got to be honest, this is just straight up a bet against Desmond Ritter. Yep. Y'all called me out on it before the season. I was high in Atlanta coming into the year. I made the whole case for why I like the Falcons on our preseason pod without mentioning the quarterback. Woe is me. That did not go well for me. Desmond Ritter sucks. He looks so bad. He's been terrible early in games. 
He's worse on the road. We finally got rid of that fluky stat, how he never lost a home game. That's done after last yeah. week. They should have won. They more than doubled Washington in yardage. They had three chances to score in the final quarter. And Ritter is like throwing the ball eight yards over dude's head. You watch that game and receivers are straight up quitting on routes like mid play because they know the ball is not hitting them. You see like slouch shoulders. You see head down. I don't think that he has the trust of the coaching staff anymore. That game, I thought the Falcons had a bye this week. And I was like, all right, Ritter's done. This is it. They got to make a change now. No bye week for another month. So I'm going to just go ahead and play against Ritter right now. Falcons on the road. Offensive DVOA, dead last in the NFL. Arthur Smith, buddy, you let me down. How can you be so bad offensively? First half offense, Falcons are 29th by DVOA. They are burying themselves early, early downs. First down, Falcons are 27th. Buccaneers defense is number two defense by DVOA. So I think that's what we're going to see is over and over again, the Falcons just going to run into the line like they do on first down. Bucks run D looked really good last week, kind of bouncing back. Vita Vea, they're going to suddenly it's second and nine. Suddenly it's third and six. Guess what? Desmond Ritter time. I'm happy to bet against Desmond Ritter. He sucks. Buccaneers defense is the one good unit in this game. Honestly, I think Mike Evans and Chris Godwin can have a nice game too. So why only first half? I'm so glad you asked. Number one, I think Desmond Ritter might get benched. And I do not want to bet against Taylor Heineke. And if it's bad enough early that I win the bet, I'll just take my money and go home. And Taylor Heineke can do whatever he wants. In fact, go ahead and win the game, buddy. I still got Falcons future. So that'd be great. Number two, Desmond Ritter, lifetime in the NFL, is 0-10 against the spread in the first half. Wow. Man has never covered a first half spread. He's 0-10 by six and a half points a game. Four times he has been a first half underdog like here. Here's the score of those games at halftime. 14-3, I'm going to let you guess which side he was in all those. Bucks first half, minus one. Okay, and to your credit, in the preseason pods, you did exactly what you're supposed to do. It didn't suit your agenda to bring up Desmond Ritter, so you avoided bringing him up. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to do. So don't fall, you know, don't beat yourself up over that. That's what you're supposed to do. And now it's it's come back to haunt you. So you're being consistent and you're admitting where you may have gone wrong. But and yeah. boy, boy, does it suit my agenda to bring him up now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, Luke, second one. What do you got? I'm going to go with the Lions plus three at Baltimore, which the Lions are on the road in this game, but the Ravens are actually at a travel disadvantage. And after the Colts-Jags game last week, I think there's a lot of disbelief in the London travel disadvantage. And I think it's... Thank you, Jaguars. <laughs> it, it, it's just a disadvantage. And the Ravens, like they got there late. Like they did a lot of different things than the Jaguars, of course, where the Jaguars were there for two weeks. But uh, the Ravens are at a travel disadvantage. And we just have a Lions team that is on their second road game. They didn't play as well, I want to say, against the Bucks, But the Lions are just good. Like Dan Campbell is trending towards being like the best coach ever against a spread we've ever seen. Like the guy, like he just covers every single game. And like, I, I make this more of like one and a half. Like, so there, there's value. There's not a ton of value, but the Ravens are just consistently the games that they win are in the trenches. And this is one game that they just don't have that advantage where the Lions do. Um, it is potentially going to be a win game. We've seen the total go from, I think 48 and now it's at like 42 with 20 mile per hour wins. And I think, you want to default to the Ravens having that advantage in the run game with Lamar. 
But like outside of Lamar, like who do they have? Um, and then you got a Lions team where Montgomery's out. That matters. I believe in Gibbs. I believe in the Lions front five. Um, so the Lions are plus three. It's more of a value play where if like the Ravens are plus three, I'd probably be looking at them. I would never lay it with the Lions. But this is just kind of – you just just continue to bet the Lions because you're covering every single game. Per our friend Evan Abrams, director of research at Action Network, the Ravens will be the 14th team to return from London without a bye week. Twelve of the previous 13 teams were either tied – or trailing at some point in the fourth quarter, the exception, Brandon, the Jaguars. I'm, Brandon, I have a feeling where you're going with this. You're going to chime in with the, the London trend yeah. or something about it. Yeah, the London trend has been strong. I think there's a good chance. Colts aside, like even in that game, uh, Gardner Minshew, I think, fumbled on like the second play of the game for the Colts and gave the Jags an immediate touchdown. It's 14 nothing. like before you yeah. even turn the TV on. It happens. Like you can't, no trend stays undefeated forever. So I, I'm not willing to throw the baby out with the bathwater on that one. I think the Lions have a good chance to lead late or tire lead in the fourth quarter. Look, the trend bounced back. Giants Bills Sunday night. The Giants led to start the fourth quarter. So don't tell me the trend is nothing. But I think too the Ravens defense maybe is a bit overrated here. As good as they've been, they faced the thirtieth hardest offensive schedule so far. And the Lions are a different animal. Ben Johnson has been just lights out this season. It's almost like a free seven points. I feel like every week he dials up some like misdirection downfield touchdown where a dude's just wide open. Every week, I feel like red zone flips over and we get one of those plays. So I I like Lions. I was leaning to the team total over here. That was the trend that I played a lot of times with the post-London thing. Right. Uh, The line moved. It was 19 and a half. It's now 20 and a half. If you can get the 19 and a half, I like the over. They have scored at least 20 points in 20 out of 23 games with Ben Johnson as the coordinator. Here's the one reason I stopped besides that point, And I want to ask you about this, Luke, because it threw me off a little. We got the win. We got a road game. We got Jared Goff. I don't love that combo. Goff has not been great outdoors in the wind. And obviously that impacts the scoring for my offense too. Does that worry you at all in this game? I mean, I've bet against that angle a couple times this year and have lost. And they just they they just continue to prove every situational theory against the Lions wrong, where people are going to say that the Lions really haven't played anyone. The Ravens are due for positive regression. But in the end, like, it is an outdoors game. There is wind. But the Ravens' offense hasn't looked like it's norm. Like, I, they might be, like, about to burst, but they just continue to – Maybe it's coaching. I don't know. Like, there's just, they just keep messing up. Like, whether it's the yeah. red zone, like, it, it's just, there's something about this Ravens team that I'm just not seeing on, like, personally. Um, and it is very against the grain on how I usually go, but uh, this week is tough. And this is just, this is just one that you're kind of just, you're going with Dan Campbell and this Lions team that is defying logic um, and taking them at plus three. Yeah. It's, it's, it sounds like you're, I mean, the elephant in the room is Todd Munkin and yeah. his new offense trying to make Lamar more of a pocket passer. And when the personnel well, doesn't feel like up to speed, Zay Flowers has been good. I think he's been their bright surprise and he was good scoring yeah. touchdowns last week. He's but been that, good, that but probably what is what is what's making you. D- he's discount. been good, but it's kind of yeah. like Andrews not being as good as we expected is somewhat offsetting that we're like Mark Andrews is really he's kind of looked normal so far. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. And we're all, it's only week seven, so a lot can change. Um, but sure. Zay's been great, but Andrews hasn't. So who knows? Okay. Okay, Grant, let's go back to you. Your second pick for week seven. 
That's my second pick. I'm going with Keenan Allen over 78 and a half receiving yards. Um, to me, this line is too low, and I don't think people realize how involved Keenan Allen is now with Mike Williams gone. And I know we've seen him before in the past, and we've seen him have massive outings. But so far on the season, 55 targets through five games. He's hit the over at this number in four out of five games with the one game where he didn't hit the over. It was a game where Herbert got roughed up a little bit. They got up to 24 to zero or 24 to seven lead in the first half. Herbert only threw the ball 24 times in that game. Keenan Allen still had five targets. And it was just a spot where they weren't really throwing in the second half because of Herbert being injured. But outside of that game, 11, 20, 10, nine targets going up against the chiefs. Chiefs do have a solid pasty while there is the chance of the Chargers trying to run on the ball, the ball on the ground more. I think they're going to still air it out a decent amount. A lot of short and intermediate stuff that Keenan Allen should be heavily involved in. Even against a tough defense, Keenan Allen's a good enough route runner where he should be pretty much matchup proof in this spot. Being a five and a half point dog here, Chargers probably going to have to throw it late in the game. I know that the Chiefs offense hasn't looked great so far through the season, but they're a good enough team where they should still be up in this spot. Divisional game, Keenan Allen, I think, is going to be in for a big game here, and he already has over 100 yards per game on the season. 78.5 is just too low of a line. I haven't projected for over 90 in this spot. He had, so he didn't play in the week two matchup with Kansas City last year in that second meeting in November, five catches on eight targets, 94 yards. Turns out he wasn't the leading receiver in either game. Williams played the week two game, 113 yards against Kansas City last year. Josh Palmer, 106 and two touchdowns in the second matchup. But yeah, I mean, there were, the Chargers, they had a touchdown lead in both of those games. So I know you're not talking side here, but this has the makings of just a back and forth. And God knows the Chargers could go up 10 and they throw the ball all over the yard and you could still get there early. And even if they're not in a trailing game script, they could still very well get there um, from your vantage point. So I like it. 78 and a half yards over Keenan Allen against the Chiefs. Brandon, let's go back to you for your third and final pick for week seven. All right, I warned you this was a gross slate. I'm going to Giants-Commanders. I'm getting creative here. Give me Giants-Commanders one-score game, and I'll tell you how how, that, how we get there. It's a minus 114, so I'm going to pick an either team to win by eight or less here. So Commanders are a short road favorite. This total has dropped down below 40 now. It's another one of those windy games that we're probably expecting. High winds, ugly offense, if any offense at all. Giants, I believe, have not scored a touchdown for three straight games now for the first time since 1976, which is a, a real stat somehow. Probably need a touchdown here to keep this close, but both teams' offense just struggling to do that much. Both offensive lines are bad. Giants, like every day you read about another guy going on the injured reserve with their offensive line. Both quarterbacks are really bad under pressure. And we've got a bad Giants line against a, a very good commander's D-line going to rush the passer a lot. And we know Week Martindale and the Giants are going to come after him. So I just think we're going to get this very, like, sloppy, low-scoring, close, goofy, ugly sort of game. Normally, that would be like, all right, well, too unpredictable. Just stay away. Who wants to care about Washington and New York? But normally for me, that's kind of a sign to say, okay, how about a one-score game? How about one of those where we play both sides a little bit? These teams, when they meet up, obviously division rivalry, six of the last seven times they played have finished within one score, including two overtime games and a tie. Last year, they tied. Remember that? We got the Giants one tie on the season. Washington has played four one-score games out of six this year. And the Giants, this was their specialty a year ago. 
They had 13 one-score games last season, 68% of their games. So if you really want to get goofy here, if you want a little lottery ticket, plus 17.50 to go to overtime, 70 to 1 to end in a tie. I can't tell you the math is in our favor there. Our Nick Giffen, our overtime guy, says that that overtime price is about fair. But I'm just going to play the one-score game. I do want eight either way. So the way to get this is at most books, you probably just have to build a same-game parlay. So you do Giants plus eight and a half. You do Commanders plus eight and a half. Get them on both sides. If you want to give a point or less, you can go seven and a half, six and a half. Like depending on how close you want to cut it, you're going to get a little more profit that way. But Brian Dable gets a little weird with the twos sometimes. So I'm going to take the eight and a half, play it safe here, and just take a one-score game, Giants-Commanders, minus 114. I don't really care who wins. I don't think it matters to anybody, but I just wanted to stay close and ugly. Speaking of inept offenses, bad offensive lines, bad quarterback play, Luke, would you like to explain yourself on betting the Patriots again last week and why you're not betting the Patriots and what <laughs> might your last pick be? Before you give your last pick, you can talk about the Patriots and why you did uh, that. My God. I mean, it like was a the bad fact, Yeah. yeah that, it was a very bad beat, losing that on the safety, where like the play before, like I think it was going to be like intentional grounding to the safety. And I was like, oh God, I hadn't even like thought about the safety like coming into play. And then he gets sacked and... I don't think they really deserved it in the first place, but <laughs> yeah, they're blacklisted for now. Like, good. I've heard that before. I mean, <laughs> and it's funny because like the tune on like all my like buddies back home that are Patriots fans are like, "Oh, losses are good," but then like you hear from them the next week, like they're so bad, they're so bad. Like they're not truly rooting for losses. We're like, I actually am. Like, just lose. Like losing is good. Enough is enough. Uh, it, I could go on for. It's just I know. Just give it. us your last pick. I just had to pick on you there for a second because so I couldn't help it. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the Eagles minus two and a half hosting the <laughs> Dolphins on Sunday Night Football, uh, which this one is just you have a Dolphins team at an all-time high with a Eagles team coming off a surprising loss to the Jets. And the biggest advantage, and it is a pretty big advantage, is the Eagles in the trenches. So offensive line, defensive line, uh, they can dominate the Dolphins in this regard where you have an Eagles team number one in the run right now with the Eagles going against a Dolphins defense that is number 30. Uh, it, it's just no, there's just so many angles and I'm, I, I just really, really like the Eagles this week and the matchups favor the Eagles where Philly hasn't faced a D worse than 18 against a the run. They're still number one. Miami hasn't faced a top. The only two top offenses of Miami is, faced is the bills and the chargers and they put up 34 and 48 on them um, so this is really just setting up like the miami bills game in buffalo a couple weeks ago where they just got boat raced out of buffalo i i just have a list and i don't even i could just read it off but like i just really like philly and philly number four in pressure rate they blitz at a below average rate the only team miami's faced that has an above average pressure rate so far this year is the bills and what do yep. the bills do um, so there's just a huge advantage in the trenches, the team coming off a surprising loss going against a team that has just beat down poor teams and gotten beaten by good teams. And the Dolphins are legit. They are definitely legit. This just isn't the spot or the matchup for them that they're going to be able to fly it, like fly like they have. So I'll take the Eagles minus two and a half. Yeah, and you could call when they went down 14 nothing to Carolina, maybe a look ahead. Now, of course, Miami turned it around, and they covered kind of barely. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it shows they're kind of – they let Bryce Young cook them up a little bit there. Any concerns about Jalen Carter being a, a limited participant 
and if he plays or not. You still like th- the rest of their depth? I think Carter, I think if I was to bet on it, I would be betting on Carter playing and I'd be betting on Slay playing, um, yep. which who even knows? Maybe they like saved him last week for this game, but like, I wouldn't, I don't think they would do that, but I think they're both trending. They've been pricing limited. Yep. Um, tomorrow, of course, would be important, but I would be more concerned with Slay um, than Jalen Carter. And even Lane Johnson is trending in the right direction. So if they get all three of those guys back, it would be big, specifically Lane Johnson. But I would say Jalen Carter is probably like it would be great. But if he's out, I wouldn't have not given this bet out. <laughs> okay, very good. And we've got one more from Sunday night. Grant, take us home. Your third best bet for week seven. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of piggybacking off of that. I'm going with the over on passing yards. I know that the Eagles are a bit of a run-first team. The last few weeks, though, 280 yards from Hertz, 300, 319, 277 over the last four weeks. And they had some tough matchups there going up against the Jets and Tampa Bay. But Hertz, I think, is going to throw the ball a decent amount here. They're going to have to keep up with Miami. While Miami, I don't think, is as good as some people think they are. They're still a great team. But I don't think they're as good as a lot of people think because they – just mentioned it like they haven't had the toughest schedule i mean carolina new york denver patriots chargers was a close game there buffalo they absolutely got stomped like it's a spot where they kind of really beat up on bad teams and we look at their overall pass defense currently sitting at giving up i think 230 yards per game well they're always down a ton so that should be a little bit higher but or higher than that but bryce young daniel jones Russell Wilson, Mac Jones, they, they have not faced good quarterbacks outside of Josh Allen and Justin Herbert. Herbert didn't do a ton in the first game because they put 200 yards on the ground there. Just a weird game there. And Josh Allen went for over 300. I think Hurt's going to throw the ball a decent amount here. I think they're going to try and keep up with him. I think if they get a lead, they're going to try and keep that lead and extend that lead more and more. I know that Philly generally has a propensity to run the ball later on the game when they get a decent lead and try and just control the clock but in this spot i think they're going to try and put up more points i think Jalen hurts is going to be throwing the ball a lot i haven't projected for over 270 yards in the spot here i think this line's way too low it's probably going to move eight yards by game time here so i'm getting in now because i think there's a lot of value on this i like it yeah if you shop around too i'm seeing a 251 and a half out there in the market so uh, there you go. Jalen Hurts over passing yards. Gentlemen, more memories are made when you're there for live NFL action. And when you need tickets, our friends at Ticketmaster have got you covered as the official marketplace of the NFL. Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360 degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets, plus mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. As we always do, we wrap with Brandon Anderson's look-ahead spot. We're going to week eight. Brandon, what jumps out to you now for next week? Guys, I figured out why the slate is so gross this week. No Texans! gotta have the texans the texans are on bye weeks i can't we can't go whole podcast without doing a texans pick give me the texans minus three in carolina on week eight but both these teams are on a bye week but during the bye week thomas brown's gonna start calling plays for carolina so we have a first time ever play caller debuting against the D'Amico ryan's defense that has an extra week to, to prep and get ready for like what dj chark and adam thielen who really scary offense to prepare for so I don't love that for Carolina. 
like half of their defense in the hospital right now. So I don't think they're going to magically get healthy. Houston, I think, is getting healthy. This bye week comes at just the right time. Drew Scruggs probably comes back and, and, and makes his debut. We might get the actual whole offensive line for the first time all season. Tavier Thomas, their nickel corner has been really good this year. I think he's probably back finally. Hopefully Tank Dell, the rookie receiver. I think Houston is getting healthy here. And they're looking good. Like we kind of uh, somewhat got close to giving up on this team after the first couple of weeks when all those injuries came. Well, okay, we didn't. We, I never gave up on them. But you it did didn't not. look good. It didn't look good through two weeks. Here's the last four weeks. You look by just EPA per play, just week three through six. Here's the list. Number one, Kansas City Chiefs. Then you got the Niners, the Bills, the Lions, the Dolphins. All the teams at the top of everyone's power rankings, right? Number six, Houston Texans. They're three and one with a plus 49 point differential during that period. Panthers are bottom three, of course, because that's where they are. They're 0-6 this season by 12 points a game. They have not covered this line at all this season. They only have one game even within seven points. So normally, I would probably not take a look ahead here with both teams on a bye because we usually look ahead and looking at what's going to happen this weekend. How's it move? But these lines are moving earlier and earlier. Like I'm already seeing when I look at look ahead Wednesday till when we record Thursday, lines for next week are already moving in between in that period. And I'm already seeing a three and a half here at some book. So give me Texans Island minus three. Give me the key number before it rises. I don't think we're going to see this for too long. So I'll take Houston at the three. We led with the old island in Seattle and we wrap <laughs> with the new island in Houston. Very good. That's going to do it here on the Action Network podcast, our NFL Week 7 Best Bets episode presented by BetMGM. If you missed the full NFL betting preview with Raybon and Stucky, the Sunday six-pack, that episode is out now. And you can also tune in Monday morning for our weekly recap episodes. That comes out with uh, Jill Gallant and Evan Abrams. Brandon will be on there for his hot read. Don't forget, folks, to download the free award-winning Action Network app to see all of the guys' picks, and you can track your own. For Luke, Brandon, and Grant, Brendan Glasheen, thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. We will talk to you again next week on the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.